Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And I was like, oh, well, should I sit down and watch this on TV again right and now? The family is like, no. Yeah, they were, literally God, were. My no. wife was literally like, you're going to watch this again? And then my little boy chimed in from the other room and goes, is he seriously watching the Super Bowl again? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll change it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, baby, that's right. I'm done watching the Super Bowl, okay? I've moved no. on. Yeah, bigger and better things to do. We got free agency, draft, yeah. offseason. You're done talking about watching the Super yeah. Bowl. You're not done watching no. the Super Bowl. No, you're right. If, it, if you're just sitting there with nothing to do and it comes on, more than likely you'll watch it. Yeah, you're right. I, the NFL channel, they play it too much. So, like, <laughs> it's, it, I, it, at some point, I probably will in the spring when it's on again, watch it again. There's no doubt. I did that last year with the Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl, but – had last week off. Yeah. We're back in the fold. What's up? How you doing? Good. I had I'm the week freed. off, too. You did? I, oh, that's I, right. Virginia. I was in Virginia. Right. Yep, we're there with the family. Cool. Uh, got back and took the uh, COVID test. Okay. You don't have anything? Are you good? You good? Positive. Oh, Can you believe damn. it? All I right. didn't tell anyone we're until screwed. just now. Inoculate me. No, negative. <laughs> we, we, in Connecticut here, you yeah. can just drive to a town. You wait in line for right. about an hour. And now the cool thing is that they're giving you the Q-tip. And so you can do it yourself. Oh, so you they can stick it up your nose for yourself. They used now. to shove it up there themselves. And it used to be, obviously, we all know, right? It was like in your brain. Yes. Now it's not in your brain You don't anymore. have to do that. They go, you know what? That was unnecessary. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I could have told you that at the time. I was like, this is too far. Uh, so now Seriously. you don't need to put it in as far. And now you can do it yourself. And so we have two young kids, a six-year-old, a four-year-old. We did it to their noses. Uh, and we're all negative. Good. Good so to hear. we're back. We had a trip. We didn't catch a virus. And we're relaxed. Way to go. And uh, so how much did you think about football when you were off for a week? I I mean, I I always think about football. I mean, I'm still sitting there watching pro football talk in the morning on my weeks off (laughs) and all the other stuff. I do. I sit there and watch it all. Uh, I think about it. The the, the refreshing thing for me is just no film, really. I didn't do any of that. And if I did, like, do some stuff, because I'm going to start on my quarterbacks and all of that this week as far as deep diving into the film and all of that and this draft season. college quarterbacks? I'm going to start all the college stuff this week. Um, I did look at some, like, YouTube highlights of some Mm. guys and things like that just to say, let me get a feel for these guys a little bit to what to go into. But, no, enjoyed the week. It was total daddy daycare, snow, detox with no retox, a full week of detox. Yeah, why did you choose to do that? So, I mean, you have a week off, your first week off that you've had in a long, long time where you had nothing to do, no responsibilities. Right. That is the time to retox. I know. It just (sighs) – so, I, you know, Thursday was my last day of, of work that week. Yeah. I went pretty hard Thursday and Friday okay. and Saturday night, okay? But then I said Saturday night, I was like, this is it. It's the last night. No more. I'm going to take a little break. The pandemic is just, yeah. like me, many of my friends, I even know Florio. We've talked about it a lot. It's just 
oh, I'm, I'm bored at home. It's 4.30 in the afternoon. Totally. Let me pour a drink or let me, you know, smoke a daddy cigar or whatever mm -hmm. it is. That's what I call yeah. them. And it <laughs> yeah. just got out of hand. I used to be very regimented, anybody that knows me, where I was on a weekend-only schedule. Yep. Okay, I got no work tomorrow. Now let's have fun. And I lost, yeah, I lost track of all of that. So I just want to get kind of get back on schedule here. And it was, it's all never right. fun. It's never fun. When you, when you stop smoking weed, okay, <laughs> yeah. you're, you do lose your appetite a little bit. Like okay. there's, there is that aspect. Okay. And then, of course, sleeping's not the same. Because if you're smoking at the end of the day, harder to fall asleep it is you. harder to fall asleep or get that deep sleep. So okay. like, I just figured on a week off, that would be the time without the pressure of work and all that, I'll do that. And now you've said never again. I, never again. Never again. I'm <laughs> It'll be a few years ago. It'll be a, I'm trying to go for a month. Okay. Going a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We'll check total, in. Total re, uh, detox. Uh, total detox. <laughs> yes. For a month detox. Yes. All right. We'll check in. Yes. I did that for uh, a couple months with energy drinks. And Good. now Good. I have one a day. So I'm right back even more than I was before. <laughs> the pandemic. Before. It got you off track too. All right, here's the good thing about taking a, a week off yeah. is that a lot of things happened right. while you were gone. Right. And so we can catch up here. And this entire pod, outside of one segment, will be uh, AMA. So we cool. went to the homies. It's a full blown AMA with questions on all the big stories. We'll start there. Then we have some random questions, some questions on the draft coming up here. You haven't Great. totally taken a deep look, but. Um, yeah, got uh, a just good a feel. A little bit of a feel yeah, of what's right. going on. Right. I will have to end the pod. The Next Jennies, the first annual Next Jennies. So I looked at the Next Gen stats, yeah. and I picked, uh, I picked out a few of them right. that were kind of interesting. Fastest ball carrier from the year, most uh, intended air yards down the field. I already know that one. Don't, uh, don't I might guess. know the first two, actually, just right off the bat. You want me to ruin the segment and go down now? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it yet. <laughs> don't do it yet. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll um, see. We'll start with uh, the big stories that have happened in the cool. NFL, and we'll start with the one with uh, Carson Wentz. It kind of felt like this would happen. Yeah. Uh, that he would be traded, didn't know exactly where. You got some uh, inclination that it was going to go down when it did go down. I to did. The I had Indianapolis told Pete Colts. can verify that. I texted Pete the night before. I said, Carson Wentz is yes. getting traded in the next 24 hours. Okay. I told him, I think it's the Colts. I wasn't 100%. Okay. But I had been led to believe by people I knew that it was going down. So, so your cred as a newsbreaker is, is increasing, it, even on your break. Every it's now and then. Every in, now and incrementally, then. it's going up here. Um, so... Let's go. So the trade, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, you got a third-round pick in 2021, a second-round pick in 2022. Yep. Uh, that can become a first-round pick if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snap. So let's start with the Colts side of it here. Robert Babcock says, how do you expect the Colts to do with Carson Wentz as compared to Phillip Rivers? Yeah. So Phillip Rivers this past year, he wasn't bad. No, was it? not I, at all. It no, wasn't it was a disaster. Nope. Um, so how much of I think it's a valid question. How much of a of a bump up does Carson Wentz give him? I, I listen. I think it's 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 significant. And listen, and not in the all time laurels of playing quarterback. I have a tremendous respect for Philip Rivers and his career. But Philip Rivers at his career at this point, this past year, I think if you get Carson Wentz back to form closer to what he was in 2019 mm -hmm. or that 2017 season when he could have won the NFL MVP, all of those type of things. You know, again, not that it has to get to the MVP level, but I think just from a base level of what his talent can bring to the offense, it is a significant upgrade. And hear me out why. The biggest thing is, you know me, quarterbacking, it's about offense, is about being able to, you know, can you, can you make the defense defend the whole field? That would be something I would say, no, Phillip Rivers at this point of his career was not able to do that. A little bit like Drew Brees. If you really watched them throughout the year, you'd see defenses weren't necessarily scared of him throwing deep outs, maybe not even to defend that part of the field. The deep, 
you know, uh, go routes, post routes, things like that. So Carson Wentz right there from that standpoint is going to give that ability to that offense. And they got some guys that can really stretch the field. So they were missing that. They weren't able to totally capitalize on what their talent of their offense was with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. So I think that, that right there would be the first thing I would say. Let alone his arm is stronger than Phillip Rivers. He'll be able to drive in some balls that maybe Rivers can't do. Here's the other element, too. Carson Wentz, as you know, is a pretty damn good athlete. And with that offensive line and that run game, and Frank Reich, who I have a ton of respect for, and I think we can all say and connect the dots that, hey, the Eagles offense, when they won the Super Bowl in that, Mm, Frank Reich was certainly a big architect in that. Mm. That offense was significantly more creative at that point as compared to when he left. And anybody that's been listening, and you probably heard me say this, I've been a big fan of the creativity of the Colts offense the last few years anyways. So that the Carson Wentz run ability with that offensive line, not that it's going to be running, but it just, hey, the read options – the quarterback movement, stuff like that, I think that is going to add to guys like uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines to be able to open up the field even for them as well. It's just another dy- you know, another aspect of, a, a, of his game that he can bring to that offense. So from that standpoint, I love this trade for the Colts. I really do. From all the options that were out there, yeah. the team is ready right now. He's going to know the offense. Yeah, he might have to, like, oh, this was Lion. Now this is Bangle. Oh, this was Smoke. You know, now it's Cigar. Okay, he might have to jumble around a few words. But he's going to know how the offense is taught, where to read, and do all those things. So it's going to be a seamless transition that way, too. And I think that's the thing with the Colts team that I look at and go, window, Super Bowl, it's here. Let's go. Well, I think they got – better as the year went on, which is interesting because yes. their defense got, got a little worse as the year went on. Yeah. So it's like their defense was the strong part of their team, and that wasn't as elite as it was in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But the offense played better down the stretch, and it they did. scored a ton of points. A ton of points. They found their run game down the stretch. And I think Taylor that would be the big really thing. Well. Right. Yeah. They, they, too early on, I think they were a little stuck in the, you know, just riding the Phillip Rivers, throwing the ball a little too much to where you're just like, no, you got this good offensive line and these running backs. we got to rely on that to help Phillip Rivers out. Mm-hmm. They got that going, and, yes, that's really what got them going. And, and like you said, you know, their defense is really good. Are they missing a player or two? They have a ton of money. Like, they can, yeah, another pass rusher, okay. another real legit cover corner. And you go, watch out. The Colts are going to be one of the best teams You in like football. the receivers. You like Pittman. You like Pascal. You like – Hilton. Yeah, T.Y.'s a free agent, so, so we'll see what there is. And we don't know what that's going to be. And the other guy I really like is Paris Campbell. Paris yeah. Campbell is a guy that I love the talent. Damn, can he stay healthy. But, yes, I do like that. I like their tight end play. And, of course, I love the, double, the, the, the double-headed monster at running back, too. Right. So, yes, from all aspects, uh, I like that. And uh, what did you say, Pittman? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Pittman, yep. Pittman's a, a stud, uh, yep. of course. And so I'm, I'm excited for the Colts. So you would put them right now. Yeah. It's early and things are going to change yeah. for yeah. sure. But you would put them a hair above Tennessee in I, the AFC South right mm, now. Ooh. Yes, I would. You would. I would. I definitely would. Yes, this, this to me bumps them up. I mean, I'd love to see what Tennessee's going to do on the defensive side of the ball in free agency, too. Sure. They need to have some stuff they got to do there. But, but yes. Indy would be the February favorite. Right now, February favorite. I'm going with the Colts. Okay. Right. All right. right. What about the Eagles here? Body Blue Boy yeah. says, are the Eagles better off without Wentz? Is Jalen Hurts a viable starter for a season? And they're hoping more than just a season there. Yeah. So what about that, that idea of uh, addition by subtraction? Because there have been rumblings of 
Carson Wentz. And even though Nick Foles obviously is not as talented of a quarterback, right. there were many players on that team that wanted to roll with Nick Foles. Yeah. That was probably personality. I think that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah. I, and you know that we, we, I probably should have hit like Wentz has to adjust that part of his life. Okay. There's no doubt. I, I said this on Pro Football Talk this morning. You know, yeah, Wentz has got to just, you know, accept the noise, embrace it a little bit. You know, you can't just be totally shut out to your clueless to what's being said about you in society and in the city. You, you got to be able to acknowledge that a little bit to be able to fight back against that perception. You really do. It's part of it. I mean, Brady, you see, he's listening to people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's part of the game. So it's not that you have to listen to all the noise, but you can't block it out to, like, you don't even know what's going on in your city and you're, you're, you don't even listen to teammates or coaches or anything like that. There's obviously something he's got to work on there altogether. For Philadelphia and everything, it was over for the Carson Wentz thing. There's no way. It just it needed to end. The fans really weren't always accepting yeah. there. There was just too much pressure on the situation. Do you think they knew that, though, when they fired Doug Peterson? Because there was an idea that it was like, okay, it's either Peterson or Wentz. And it's like when they fired Peterson, it was like, all right, we're, they're, they're picking Wentz over here. But do you think it was over? They, they knew it was over, like it was not going to be? I don't think they knew it was over, over. Okay. I think they still thought there was hope to maybe salvage the situation. And I, I do, from, from what I know a little bit, the, the new Eagles coaching staff, there was still some people in there that were going, oh, I, I'd like to have Carson Wentz back as the quarterback. Sure. You know, there's a lot of questions about Jalen Hurts. I like what he did. He was better than what I thought, certainly. I, I, you know, I, he, he was. I'm not going to say that. His throwing was a little bit better than I expected. But I'm still not going to sit here and go, oh, you got your guy. You're good. Mm-hmm. He went one and three, okay, as a starter. And I know things were good. And I know I would hear everybody go, well, the yards per play were much improved with Jalen Hurts at quarterback compared to Carson Wentz. Well, of course they were. I mean, his running and scrambling ability is what got him all the, those stats. Yeah, he, Carson Wentz can't run like that. Carson Wentz's ability is his best thing is to be able to throw the ball. Well, when nobody's open ever, then yeah. yards per play are not going to be very good and things like that. But Jalen Hurts, I expect them to bring somebody in there, certainly. Um, to it, compete with him or to – Yes, I, I think yes. Okay. I don't think he's going to be given the red, like the, the red carpet and they're going to go, oh, yeah, it's your team, here we go. No, I think they like it, but I don't think you can be sold on what you saw from Jalen Hurts and just go, oh, we're good. Don't worry about any, any other quarterbacks. We're, we're finding that situation. you got to see how he develops. It's going to be a new offense. I know even with Doug Peterson and that staff there, listen, he's very raw. You know, he, he came from Alabama and Oklahoma where life was very easy at the quarterback position and all those type of things. He's a phenomenal athlete. They'll have to play to that strength. I won't be surprised if he's a starter, but I, I think they're going to bring somebody in there at least to, like, Okay, man, it's week four. He's really struggling. Yeah. We can't just not have anybody. You got to have somebody there just in case. Who would you rather have? Yeah. Who, who would you rather have if you had a young quarterback, second-year quarterback, Jalen Hurts or Tua Tagovailoa? Ooh, man! Wow, that's a. I'm gonna go Tua. I am still Tua. I am, but it, it's not like, as you know, I'm 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 a little concerned with both. Yeah. You know, I think Jalen exceeded my expectations. As you know, I wasn't real high on Tua coming in the draft, but, yeah, he was below my expectations in in ways. I thought it would look a little bit better than it did. So they were here, and now they're here. uh, Yes, I do do think that's fair. You can't can't take away this aspect of Jalen Hurts' game. His physicality in running is special. Mm. It really is. He can run through arm tackles. He can break off 40-yard runs. And, 
as we've talked about a lot of times during the year, the, 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 the NFL football you know, has become about big plays, making plays, changing field position, you know, scoring touchdowns on those big plays. And that's what Jalen Hurts can bring to the offense, where Tua right now, I would say, doesn't bring that aspect. Last one on this yeah. one, Adam Blackhall. As an Eagles fan, is there anything to be excited about this year, or should I just ignore the NFC East and enjoy watching Mahomes, Rodgers, and Stafford ball out? I would say that. Do that this year. <laughs> uh, but I really think the Eagles, you know, the, the, the patchwork experiment's over. It's time to, like, it is rebuild. Yeah. You guys are good at scouting. Because they're not in a great salary cap situation they're either, not, right? Not so. in a great spot, no. And there's older. just too many older guys, right, where, you know, like we saw last year, hey, older guys. John Gruden used to do this when I was in Tampa Bay. You know, and, and really probably one of the reasons he got fired. Because I know it's one of the reasons he got they were They were not always happy with his ability to develop young talent. We were always like, oh, we're, we're a pretty good team. We got four or five holes, and we'd bring in the 10-year veteran to go fill that spot. Oh, the 10-year veteran's hurt in week four. Now he can't play the rest of the year. Great. Yeah. Now what do we got? What do we got now? And that's where I think the Eagles fell into that trap a little bit. And they've kind of lost their way with following their own formula that's made them very successful in the front office and everything like that. So to my buddy there, I would say, no, just enjoy football this year and just try to believe that Sirianni and, and mm-hmm. Roseman and everybody else can, can yeah. start to rebuild something here and rebuild a winner in Philadelphia. Don't rewatch the opening press conference. Just forward. You're looking <laughs> forward. 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 No, not, don't look back. <laughs> yes. uh, and Pete is letting me know that you just tweeted from your account. Uh, you tweeted, good question from uh, Farid NBCS, that's my Twitter, on the pod just now. Who would you rather have as your starting quarterback moving forward, Tua or Jalen Hurts? So there's a poll. Yeah. We're going to see the results right. live in this podcast. Great. I like that. I like um, that. So we'll see what, if people agree with you that Tua still has the slight advantage. I feel like... Isn't it funny that they were both at the same school, too? Like, I mean, that's literally, true. they You're took right. Jalen Hurts out because they were yeah. like, you can't throw. Let's put this guy in there. And now one guy left the school for that, and here we are talking about them again in the same offseason going, are they the guy going forward? We're not sure. I think Hertz might edge out two of there. We'll see. We'll see what, uh, I, I, yeah, what the crowdsourcing you might, you is. You might be right. Uh, okay, I want to get to Big Ben. I want to get to Deshaun. Right. A little Russell Wilson, too. So we'll talk more quarterbacks. Let's go to cool. J.J. Watt here for a okay. second. We've got some questions on him. Yep. Uh, he's leaving the Texans. Yep. Asked for his uh, release, and they, they granted that wish. And so he's gone, and now he's going to pick a team. And yeah. he's uh, tweeted that he needs, uh, he needs some time to figure out where he wants to go. Uh, JT Wistrill says, what are the best scheme fits for J.J. Watt? So if you're looking out there yeah. and you're looking, what, what does J.J. Watt, what, the kind of player he is now? Right. 31 years old, not yeah. old, but you know, he's had some injuries, obviously. What scheme fits him the best? Well, you know, that's why originally when I first, you know, you know, tweeted out some teams and things like that. I always go to, like, the 3-4 base team. That's why I like the Tennessee Titans with Vrabel, you know, who was in Houston, Mm. that kind of thing. You know, J.J. Watt, yeah, he's not as dominant as he used to be. But I think the greatness of him really is he still can be disruptive, and he has still versatility in the defensive line. He can play defensive tackle or defensive end in the 4-3 or – the 3-4 defense end and have to read something and do anything like that and play, oh, I got to stand you up and I got this gap and this gap. Okay, cool. So he can do that type of stuff. To me, that would be the, the, the thing that makes most sense. But really, 
honestly, he can play in any scheme. There's not really a scheme where I would go, even if he had to play in a normal 4-3, this is your one gap. I think he still would be incredibly successful that way. I think when it comes down to him, it's going to be about he wants to find a team, of course, that's going to be a contender. That's going to be part of it. How much money is he going to ask for on the market at this point of his career and a year where the salary cap is certainly going to be less than what it was. It's going to be 180, 183 million, somewhere in there. So still can bring a lot to the team. But mm-hmm. also, it's a guy, I mean, really, Pete, how, you know, how many games has is, is J.J. Watt missed the, well, over the last That was the surprising thing. Like, I looked at, uh, I was like, when's the last time he's played all 16 right. games? And I was surprised to find out it was this, this year. This year, right. <laughs> yeah. But the years before that were, were less than that, yes. right? Let I me mean, look uh, it up right now. I got, he, it. I got he, it here. So he, he played eight in 2019. Right. He played all 16 in 2018. Okay. But then played five in 2017 yeah. and then three in 2016. Before that, he played every game. Okay. So it's so. been three years where he's missed significant time, but that's three of the last five years. Yeah, that, that, that is going to be part of the value, too. When you get to this point in your career, it's, you know, 10 years, you've been a beast your whole life. I mean, yeah, his body's going to start breaking down. So they got to be careful of that as far as the contract aspect, too. But, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams interested in his service for some sort of you know, two-year deal, something like that, okay. where he doesn't look to totally hold them over the fire. He's made a ton of money. but yeah, He wants to win. He wants, wants to, to win, win. Go to give a me Super a good Bowl. paycheck just to be yeah. respectable and, you know, I can make my living, whatever else, and let, let's go from there. So a different cat says, can the Packers sign J.J. Watt and make him a wide receiver? So that's a different uh, take on it. And then Derek Rudolph says, do you think J.J. Watt – would be a good fit in Buffalo. So Bills, Packers, what other teams have been throwing out there? Steelers, Browns, yeah. Titans, you yeah. just mentioned. Yep. All um, those fits for J.J. Watt. Oh, I mean, they, you said he can play He really much can any play defense. anything. He really can because even in a 4-3 scheme, like, okay, so now the, the Green Bay Packers have Joe Barry. Joe Barry, a linebacker coach when I was in Tampa Bay. He's coming from the Rams. You know, he, I don't know what he's going to play. He's had so much versatility as far as being an assistant. You know, yeah, J.J. Watt. In a 4-3, just a basic 4-3, he can play defensive end or defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it's a passing down. Let's move him to D-tackle. Now we get a mismatch on a guard. Oh, it's first down. Let's play him out of D-end. Tight ends can't block him one-on-one and do that. So he's going to have value in all of those. And Buffalo, like to me, that would be another spot. Like If you're J.J. Watt, those would be two teams I'd have certainly up there mm-hmm. because the quarterbacks, the teams, they're very close. And, you know, of course, we know he's from Wisconsin and all that. But I would think both of those he can make work. It's going to come down to it's different than Tom Brady last year where Brady really didn't have his pick of where to go. He had to kind of take what was – He kind of had to shop himself exactly. a little bit. J.J. Yes. Watt, he's not going to ask for that, you know, break the bank, right? And so he really can pick where he I, wants to go I, here. I right? think so. Just you know, uh, who else am I missing, uh, Pete, that I just, you know, originally said? But, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, Tennessee, Pittsburgh – I do. I don't think I originally said Buffalo, but that certainly would be a, a team that I would that would throw out there on the radar. You know, I always I'm not going to h- hold out New England. Not that I think he would sign there right yeah. this second. He might want to see what they do in free agency. Now they have a ton of money to spend. So you know, a few weeks from now he might go. Whoa, New England's making moves. Watch out. Maybe I do right. want to be a part of Bill Belichick yeah. and all that. Um, but yeah, money, I don't think money wasn't a thing. But that's a lot of money, and that's a lot to turn down. Maybe yeah. something like that could happen. Well, it, right? it definitely could. Yeah. I, I, but I think ultimately, there's really no scheme he won't fit in. And I think, like you said, it's just going to be about he wants to go to a team and try to win a Super Bowl. You know what's a lot of money? What the forty-one million dollar salary cap number for Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah. 
going into next year. So we've got a couple questions on Big Ben. Steelers don't know what they're going to do here. The, the GM made comments. Like, I don't know gotta, either. We've got to figure it out. He mm -hmm. clearly can't play for as much money as we have him signed for in 2021. Is he the guy for 2021? Um, so this is what Steeler Maddie has asked you. Yeah. If the Steelers cut Ben or he retires, would you be on board for a season of Mason Rudolph? So Mason Rudolph for a year with the Steelers team that has a defense that could be one of the best in the NFL. Yes. And, you and whenever you have a unit that could be one of the best in the NFL, you're in that window to compete for a Super Bowl. You go with Mason Rudolph in that window. I don't, I don't think I would. You know, uh, I, I, uh, Mason Rudolph is a, a fine human being. I'm, I'm just not sold on the quarterback aspect of Mason Rudolph. No. I don't think he's going to bring anything to the table that's special at all. I really don't. So, what makes you say he's a fine human being? Uh, he, well, I don't know. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. But other than that, he, don't, he seems to handle not himself. Not to say he's not. I just he seems know, to yeah. handle himself pretty well, and yeah. he hasn't been a jerk. Yeah. Uh, and he got smashed over the head and <laughs> handled that pretty well, so too. So we're forever sympathetic because so, he was smashed bit, in the head right. with a helmet. You're yeah, right. Oh, I, you know, I guess I always <laughs> preface some of that things when I, when I attack people as far as their play on the field. Yeah. Um, but, no, I have seen nothing from Mason Rudolph to make me think at any point that he is the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers or starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm Which sure. is funny because that was the consensus last year after they didn't have Big Ben. They were yeah. Duck Hodges and Mason right. Rudolph. they got to find something. Yeah. And then he came in, Rudolph did for, the what, the last, last game of the game, regular season? Last game, he made a few throws, and you're right. Everyone's like, hey, he's okay. Maybe <laughs> no. we can go with it. No, that that no. seemed to change very fast. No, not okay. And, you know, the Big Ben thing is really interesting. One, um, it, it, you know, I, I think Pittsburgh's got to figure out how they're going to play on the offensive side of the football first. I think that's really what Kevin Colbert's trying to say. Like, they can't win and play the way they did last year. Mm. Not with Big Ben. Not, not right now at this point of his career. Listen, if it was, you know, they could probably play and win that way if it was Big Ben, you know, six, seven years ago where he can make plays and make unbelievable aggressive throws down the field and all that. But right now, I, I would say if you want Big Ben back, they got to learn, they got to get back to balanced football, play action pass, not put the game on his shoulders to such a point to where he's got to throw it 42 times a game and win the game that way. Not fair to ask a Big Ben in this point of his career. Not really realistic, in my opinion. Right. So they got to figure out offensive line issues, running back issues, what they're going to do there. I'll say this at the very least, because I, I have no feel for where that's going to go. I have no inside info for anything there. I don't know. I would be – I think it's Pittsburgh or nothing for Big Ben is what I guess I would say more than anything. I don't think Big Ben's going to uproot his family and try to go learn a new system. Yeah. I mean, from everything I know of Big Ben, he, did, he, you know, he barely wants to learn his own system, and I mean that in a funny way. <laughs> but he just wants to go play. And yeah. I know this offense, okay, just call the damn play, and I'll figure it out, and we'll go from there. He doesn't want to go learn a whole new thing. I just don't think that's in his DNA at this point of his career. Yeah, it does seem more likely than not that it, if it ends, it's going to end with them giving him some sort of role as like a special advisor. And doesn't it seem like they'll keep him involved in the organization somehow? Well, I, but I, he won't want to necessarily go play. I would agree with I, I you. I don't think so. It just doesn't seem that way. It doesn't seem like Peyton Manning or Brady at the end of the, you know, at the end of their stays with the, the Colts or the or the Patriots. I, I don't I don't feel that way. Um, and you know, again, he's a guy compared to those two too, he's been beat up a lot more. Yeah. You know, and as we saw, you know, there was a difference between Big Ben the first eight weeks and the last eight weeks of the yeah. season. He he 
the, the wear and tear of the season caught up on them. And that would scare me a little bit of the Steelers, too, which is I'm sure they are a little bit scared about. But really, if they want to make Big Ben work, I think they can still win. But if they can get back to a running game, okay, protect him, play action, okay, he's got to throw, and now it's, you know, Claypool and Deontay Johnson off a good running game, play action fake, he'll be able to dice you up kind of like Brady in Tampa this year right. if they do that. But that's a big if right now. They could game. go with the, you know, transitional – what, free agent quarterbacks out there? You have Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor. If you can get Jameis Winston away from this. They same. could, I mean, right? They could try to figure yep. out something there. Uh, David Saba goes, could the Steelers be a landing spot for Cam? Uh, Cam Newton. I don't think that's crazy. I don't. I really. Stock down for Cam, right, after the Stock year he is had down throwing for the football. Cam, definitely. He's got to fix some things with his throwing mechanics, as we've talked about if before. If it's possible for him he at can. this point. I, I think he can because he started out the year throwing the ball pretty well. He always gets back into the same, the same issue when it, his whole career. I've always talked about it. It becomes this hiked-up shoulder, hiked-up front shoulder, and instead of like, oh, I have to throw it at 12 o'clock, he steps over here at 3 o'clock, and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's just too much effort. When Cam is the MVP of football and doing things like that, it goes back to, oh, going around, his shoulder's level. It's not like, I'm just big and strong, and I'm going to throw it in there. It became too much work for him, and it it became inaccurate that way. Um, But I don't think that's a crazy thought. Hmm. I don't. And, but I still think if you get, made me choose with Cam Newton, I'm still going to go he's going to be back in New England. I, I, right now, as you said right now, I do. I do. I, I mean, that would be my leader in the, in the, the leader house right now. Interesting. Uh, no one has an idea where Deshaun Watson will be, although the Houston Texans are saying he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's our quarterback. We're not taking calls. Mike Florio talking about that. You were talking about that as well. Like, they're I not know. even responding, I, right? They're, they're, they're like – Ignore like they got their fingers in their ears pretending this is not happening, right? They're I, like teams are calling and they're like, wait, we, we're not picking up. I, I, I mean, the, the sense, and I, you know, I've talked to a few coaches around football and, and some front office people where, yeah, as of right now, they don't, there, there doesn't seem to be, there's no dialogue. There's no calls. Houston's not talking about it. There's no preliminary conversations of what, it, ooh, this, it might take this to get him. They are not doing that as of right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that those teams believe that, yeah, like right now they're kind of just going forward as in he's not available. And if he is available, we'll see where it goes. But you've heard the three main teams, and they're real. They're real. I mean, Carolina, um, the Miami Dolphins, I don't know so much about Denver. I just know that from the, from the noise and right. people I know in the NFL. But like Carolina and Miami, if he's made available, they're, they're game. They're going to make plays if he's available. They will try to make it happen if it does. I don't know the Denver situation, but I'm not shocked to hear that too. And I'll say this to the Deshaun Watson thing too. First off, Houston Texans, you better figure it out in a hurry because this would be a great three-way, three-way thing to have at your disposal for the trade. It's going to help you optimize what you get from him. It really will to have those three type of teams who – are all in a similar type of window where I go, these are the th- those are three teams where I go, we, that, they could be those teams that missed the playoffs that are now in the playoffs next year or right on the cusp of it. Right. I think all three of those teams fit that mold. And they also, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I think those are three pretty good options too. I mean, really, Denver with some of those weapons they got, okay, they finally got yeah. the offensive line figured out. 
The Carolina Panthers, to me, are one of the sneakier, better offensive weapon teams in all of football. I think, he, I think he could go to those teams and turn them around right away, as in the Miami Dolphins. Now, they probably need to do some work at receiver to help them out that way a little bit. But uh, I think, you know, he certainly could go to those teams and make them big-time contenders, and they have the support around them. And if you're Miami and Denver and Carolina – how many young guys can you have on your team? How many young draft picks are we going to have? At some point, you got to go, we need to get some few veterans sure. and a guy. How many, like, three second- and third-year players are you going to have on your football team yeah. that are all going to come up for new contracts and things like that? The so, entire Panthers' defense is basically young guys that's that were what drafted I mean. last so year. So, at yeah. some point, you just you, you got to take like. that route, too, To me, at least in my opinion. You so, know, same thing with the Miami Dolphins. Like, how many young guys are you going to have on your football team? So, none of this happens if the Texans don't want to trade them. So, here is Kevin Mulcahy. Yeah. So if you were the Texans GM, where do you focus the rebuild given that they have needs at every position? So basically, you have to think if you're the Texans and the new GM, which a lot of times they do. It's like, let me just start with a clean slate, yeah, right? right? Whatever was here before, we'll get rid of it. We'll get future assets for him. So how would you convince them that they could use Deshaun Watson to make their team better in two, three, four years down the road? Well, or if you trade a guy like Deshaun Watson – are you inevitably always searching for the next Deshaun Watson? And if you don't find him, then you're screwed. Well, you know, Casario's a guy that I think knows about building a team. He does that. I mean, he understands the importance of a quarterback. And I'm sure this is probably, like, why he's – they're not taking any calls because he's probably like, wait, I took this job because number four was quarterback. Sure. This, I do not want to let him go. He's like, I don't want to go to a place where i got to find a quarterback. Right. He's okay, the crown good. jewel of why I'm coming here. That, yeah. was the, that was the big reason. So I'm sure he's not going to, you know – die easily as far as that conversation is concerned. He is going to build the team the right way. Now, they've got their offensive line, I think, going in the right direction. You know, he's not going to love David Johnson type, all big money running backs and all of that. Yeah, they, gotta, they need some improvement at wide receiver, definitely. We know that. Their biggest thing is their defense. Their defense sucks. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. There's really not a marquee player on their yeah. defense other than maybe Zach Cunningham, their middle linebacker. I mean, he's really probably the best player on their defense. Might so, be the worst defense, one of the worst defenses I, in the NFL. I think it is. It is. If they didn't I, – I, I, it is. It's the worst defense in football, from hmm. my opinion. I think it's right up there, yes. And uh, so I think that's where the rebuild really has to start. The offensive line, they kind of got to go in the right direction. And then Casario, he's really good at finding, you know, under-the-radar wide receivers and – oh, we don't need a star running back a la New England. We have six that are all good and can fit certain roles. No, I, I think that's where he would go, listen, I know how to build a team, and he would try to sell it that way more than anything in Watson. I don't know if that answered your question or not. But. So a couple of scenarios yeah. here. Uh, Farmer, Farmer X. He's not going to stay. He doesn't want to stay there. He doesn't want to stay there. I but, know this. But what if, what if they just what if they play hardball with them? And well, they go, it, you want to forfeit? You want to pay back your signing bonus? You want to do all that? I, I, yeah, I, I know. You know, but this is where, where, where me and Florio got into this today. It's where I think, like, we're, we're getting close to Watson has to probably publicly start putting the pressure on. He can't be – Like the Jimmy Butler thing. Remember Jimmy Butler when he started doing interviews with ESPN? And yeah, well, <laughs> right. When he wanted to get out of, was that we the We need Wolves? to get to show – yeah, well, the Timberwolves. Is that he at the Timberwolves at that point? And he was, when he was trying, trying to get, to get yeah, out of there. Yeah, getting, yeah right. and he did. Like, I, I think it's. I think he it's, went into practice and then like 
schooled all the starters with the bench guys, right, remember, right, and they exactly did the interview right. right after that. I think huge. he needs to, yeah, they're going to have to start applying the pressure, however he wants to do that. No, I know I this is not, not naturally within him. Yeah. This is not like right. who he is as a guy, so I'm sure he's not comfortable with that. You know, and, you know, it's funny because you see the tweet from his quarterback coach where he saw Carson Wentz get traded and all that. Well, it's a different situation. I mean, Carson Wentz is not Deshaun Watson, and the city of Philadelphia, for the most part, was done with Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. The Houston fans know how awesome Deshaun Watson is. They want to be done with Jack Easterby and that that crowd. Uh, So it is a different dynamic, and I think, again, nobody's looking at the Houston Texans right now as a place where, ooh, players want to go and this is awesome or anything like that. They have dysfunction written all over their name. Yeah. And I think Watson's probably going to have to apply the pressure at some point. And you know where he could do that? Where? On the latest edition of Chris Sims Unbuttoned. He could. If Deshaun wants to come on and make a public statement, he could, could do it. He could even on. come in the studio. I mean, whatever you want, Deshaun. Yeah. We'll do whatever. We'll work around your schedule, Deshaun yeah, exactly. Watson. We will do that for you because you're Deshaun Watson and you're so freaking awesome. We normally tape around 11 Eastern. Yeah. We'll, we'll shift it. <laughs> Up or back an hour or two. Yes. If that will get Deshaun Watson on the podcast to talk about this whole thing. Uh, real quick before we let this one go. Yeah. Compensation for it. There are a couple of questions on compensation. Like, what would you give up for him? Farmer X says, what is the cost you'd consider worthwhile for the Dolphins to acquire Watson? They got two first-round picks, including the number three overall pick. Um, and they go with the Broncos. If you gave up three firsts and three seconds, that's Grant Johnson five. Andrew Locke, would that be enough? So, like, it, what, what do teams realistically have to give up, and what should they be willing to give up? Well, I think the Deshaun? first thing is going to be depending on if you're going to give them a quarterback back. Right? So yeah. if you're going to give them a quarterback back. So Drew Locke. That might lessen the blow a little bit. Okay. If they like him. But they if, if they like, like him. him. Exactly right. Exactly right. I, so that's where, you know, I really think three first rounders is, I think, where you're going to start. Yeah. Now, listen, if you have maybe two first rounders, hey, we're going to give you a, a Jimmy Garoppolo or a quarterback that maybe you guys like that you go, okay, we're okay. We'll let yeah. him start. Or a young stud and on defense probably to take, help, help you rebuild your defense. Or maybe that too, yeah. right? Right. Where, and then, okay, now you got the quarterback, two first-rounders, and then probably going to take another second or third-rounder along with that to go yeah. along with it. I would think generally that's somewhere. But it is going to be dependent on more than the draft picks. It's just like, yeah, well, is there going to be a player attached to it and a marquee player? And, or how many marquee players? You know, you mm-hmm. keep hearing the Christian McCaffrey thing, you know, with the, the Houston Texans and all of that. I have a hard time believing that Nick Casario would want to do that, coming from New England, where they use the stable running backs, you yeah. know, approach. Um, but, but again, like a marquee player like that certainly is going to take away the amount of picks you have to give up for the player. And the last one, yeah. Adam Alberti, and you El get this Berti. all the time. Yeah. Whenever Watson comes up, we have to throw this one at you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kyle and the 49ers would actually want Watson? You've said in the past yeah. that you think Kyle prefers a quarterback like Jimmy G who will just run the system. Okay, yeah. so interesting. So it's a two-parter. One, he's putting words in your mouth. Yeah. Would well, you no. like to confirm or deny No, no, he he's, he's correct. There? This guy's okay. a real listener. I mean, listen, I think it's – you look at his track record of guys like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, those, those are those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Listen to what I say, here's what we're doing, and now execute it. But I also think, of course, hey, the injury issues with Jimmy Garoppolo is a real thing when you're a Super Bowl team, basically, and you're mm-hmm. not sure if your quarterback can stay healthy. That's, that's real. Deshaun Watson is a special, special talent. If he is made avail- available 
yeah, if you're the 49ers, you call. You try to make something happen. At least I would. I really would. You know, I have no inside info here. Everybody thinks, oh, he knows Kyle. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Kyle's not going to talk to me about this shit. Well, and it wouldn't and, be breaking news if an NFL coach would want Deshaun Watson. That's no, not breaking it, no news. exactly right. Uh, here's the other thing that I'll say. Just because, you know, I heard Robert Sala say it. I heard Kyle make some comments during the year to where I think maybe even he's maybe realized, like, hey, I like these quarterbacks that do what I say, but shit, I'd like one that can maybe bail me out every now and then too. I think, you know, I said it during the year, I thought some of the comments I saw him make about Josh Allen and Robert Sala, that to me always jumped out to me. I never really heard them say some of the things they said there where I was like, oh, Oh, they're very impressed by him, huh? Right. You know, so, uh, again, I think you look around the NFL and the way the game's being played right now, yeah, those quarterbacks can make up for so much and they can make a lot of explosive plays. And the 49ers, of course, are a team that I think, yes, you should make this move. They're, they have no great need on their roster. Nothing where you just go, oh, my gosh, they're so depleted in this area. They're pretty much ready. It's a little bit of depth here, a corner here. Okay, a safety. The offense is ready. And to me, that would make sense. And, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo coming from New England and Casario, you would think there would be a, a liking of that too. Okay, so here you go. Okay. First round pick, mm-hmm. second round pick, and Nick Bosa for Ooh. Deshaun Watson. Woo! We're all just throwing out trades. Now. Yeah. I don't think they would give away Nick Bosa. I don't. The defense is formulated around the pass rush. D Ford – they don't look good that he's going to be able to, to play, or where, I don't know where he's going to be at. I mean, the injury has to be a concern. He was non-existent this year, so now you're going to lose Nick Bosa, who really we we said this a lot before the injury. I mean, Nick Bosa is one of the best defensive players in football. I, I don't think Shanahan would. I don't think they would sacrifice that. I don't. I don't. I don't think they would let go of Nick Bosa. Okay. All right. Yeah. We will see. We'll see if Watson yeah. goes anywhere. Because when you're an offensive genius too. Okay, Kyle's always going to go, well, I can make my offense go with just about any quarterback. I can make it go. Mm-hmm. As long as he can stay healthy or whatever, we're going to be good. I don't mm-hmm. need a superstar. He's proven that. He doesn't. So, uh, and the way, yeah, the, yes, their defense is formulated around that defensive line, and that would be a huge blow to their team. So I don't think, I don't think that would happen. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected The unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Another quarterback situation that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out this offseason is with the Bears. The Bears. RLZ54. If you were the Bears, would you go all in on Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or re-sign Mitch? Now, you haven't gone deep dive into the quarterbacks yet. Yeah. But you've seen them a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, I've got a feel. Yeah. You've got a feel. Yeah. Um, if you're the Bears... Is the Mitchell-Trubisky era over? Is it time to move on and go with one of these college quarterbacks? Like, I don't think it's the worst to go, go on with Mitchell-Trubisky, especially if they could play the way they played. But it's risky. I understand that. I, I, I don't know. if I'm. The more and more you think about it, and if I'm like Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I'm not sure I'd want to go into a year where we could be fired and I want to really trust Mitchell-Trubisky. I understand that thought totally. Mm. I really do. Now, the draft thing – all right, you're still the same, same risk, thing. right? Yeah. It's just like, are we that good offensively that we can kind of like bring the quarterback along and he right. doesn't have to contribute that much? I don't think so, no. So I'll say I favor Zach Wilson as of this moment from my TV scouting. And again, like you said, I have not, I'm, this is my, I will start my deep dives really yeah. today after we get done with this. This is off YouTube, this is off some TV. Right, it's off of watching games this year. Yeah. I would say Zach Wilson is the second guy, but. But, you know, where the Bears are going to be in the draft, I mean, right. they're going to have to trade up to get either one of those guys, Fields or Zach Wilson, like major trade up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I – mean, we could have three quarterbacks go in the first six picks again and all that stuff, type right. of stuff. I mean, it's very easily the Jets take Zach Wilson at two. You know, and Trevor Lawrence we know is going to the Jaguars. So I, 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 don't, I don't know about that. I think the – as of right now, the yeah. Bears are in a, in a, in a, a weird spot to where I think they got to look at just to see a few a few dominoes have to fall first, and then they could figure out. It's almost like the quarterback you know, Carolina situation. gets Deshaun Watson, Teddy Bridgewater needs a spot, and then right. You, what does can, the Jets do? Yeah. You can go you can go on the line right. to where they, they got exactly right. They got to figure it out that way uh, and see who's available after kind of. I really think the Watson thing kind of has to happen first, probably. Pete uh, reminding us that the Bears have the twentieth pick. Yeah, that's and they weren't even that good. And they have the 20th pick. That's a, that's a problem. Uh, my, my grand statement with the quarterbacks, just, just off of TV scouting, and again, just a, yes. uh, uh, but my big thing was at 20, yeah, you're going to be in a tough spot there for the quarterback. I, would, my, I see a lot of these scouting and drafts and everything like that, right. and I know there's people think there's going to be you know five maybe quarterbacks in the first round and all so that. Here, yeah, here's the question. Yeah. Uh, C.J., Easter Day. Right. Easter Day. This has been a fan of yours since the earliest days of Sims and Lefko. Whoa, thank which you. Which I've looked back at some of those episodes. Yeah. Not that you look old now, yeah. but you look very young back then. Do you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? I know. It was like, I don't know. I feel like yeah. you've matured thank you. into your analyst role. But thank you, you. There were some times where you looked young. <laughs> um, I know it's early in your scouting process, and mm-hmm. you probably haven't done your deep dives yet. He really See, has he's been. Young, a, he knows. He's yeah. been a listener for a long time. Yeah. Uh, how, however, how many first-round quarterbacks do you think there are in this draft? The consensus seems to be five. Because you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Trey Lance is up there right. from North Dakota State. Mac, Mac Jones. Jones from Bama. 
Kyle Trask right. from Florida. Right. So. Trask is the one I'm intrigued about. Okay. Can he make it a six in the first round? Trey Lance is the one I'm really intrigued by. Me to right now, just off my scouting, people got Trey Lance going in the top ten. I don't see that at all. Hmm. I mean, at all. To me, where my early statement would be, Trey Lance is way too high. Mac Jones is way too low. I would bet you that flips at some point. I mean, the one game I saw of Trey Lance this year, I would be concerned with how he threw the football. I know he only played one game. I would be very concerned with how he threw the football. I would be concerned on even how they call the game. It shows you that they're scared to throw the football with him. And even the tapes before that into last year and things like that, you know, it's a run-first approach, and it's a very – wild motion the ball can go anywhere with him yeah so that one is to me right now in the early stages I go he's a little overrated in my tv scouting and Mac Jones I'm gonna go being underrated I mean Mac Jones to me looks like he has more NFL talent than Tua I'm just gonna say that right now he's Mm. a much more gifted thrower than Tua he makes more NFL throws than Tua ever did at Alabama I mean, Mac Jones has different deliveries. Mac Jones' only issue is he doesn't look cool in his uniform. He's yeah, got no pizzazz or sexiness to yeah. him. Exactly right. People are going to kind of look at him and be like, oh, he's, a, he's a nerd. What a square he is. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But, but I, with the way he throws the ball on the field, man, he is, uh, he's, he, he's pretty like, consistent oh, okay. that way. Yeah, that would just be my early, early thoughts. I'm interested in that Kyle Trask, too. Okay, you'll yeah. take a closer look at him. Yeah. Your, your rankings for the draft will start mid-March is yep. when we start it. And we okay. always start with quarterbacks. Yep. So you do quarterbacks first. Cool. And then move on, which is going to be more difficult this year because some of these players didn't play. It's all over the place this and year. And some only played a few games. I know. I'm, I know. That's, I'm a little like, yeah, what is it going to look like studying these guys this year with the, with the circumstances? Let's do another quarterback here. Okay. Because you talked about the Bears and what, what direction are they going to go in with a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, it seems like for a long time, have their franchise quarterback. It's just a matter of them coming together and solidifying that relationship with a long-term deal. And then, of course, Dak Prescott got hurt last year. Uh, this is from Namaseg. He says, with so many quarterbacks on the move after signing big money contracts, does that impact Dallas signing Dak Prescott long term? So what has happened with Dak Prescott here? It was a big uh, firestorm last year. You created it. You're solely responsible for it. Uh, with Dak Prescott, his agent was mad at you. But that deal ended up not getting done. Right. Basically for the reasons that you mentioned. Yes. Uh, difference of opinion between Dak, the agent, and uh, and the team, ultimately. So where does that stand, you think, right now with Dak? And does all this quarterback movement affect him? I don't know if it does affect him. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely a top-10 quarterback in football for me. That's the first thing that I will state. It's, you, you just can't give away, you know, top-10 quarterbacks or anything like that. You know, and his, his value, you know, just, again, we saw what it was in the field, okay? We saw that. And I think it goes beyond the field, too. From anybody I've talked to that's ever been associated with the Cowboys that I know, you know, it's the other things he does, too, that people love, too. He is a leader of men. He really is. He's a worker. He's selfless. So I think there's a lot of love from that aspect. I can't imagine him not being back. I mean, one, first off, they've built the team through the pass game. It's wide receivers galore. Yeah. So what are we going to do? I mean, you got to go with that. I, Dak Prescott, I understand, has made very little money in his career to this point. He needs to be paid. You know, now, 
I just to me the question is where is that threshold right now? You know, okay. I mean, can can Dallas if he wants to be paid with some huge margin of money or whatever like that? I mean, is he going to be willing to maybe, you know, t- like Mahomes did a very team team friendly deal. Mahomes did a really team friendly deal. I mean, Deshaun Watson's going to make way more money than he Half is over the first Half a billion dollars is now a team friendly right, deal. Right. Right. Well, but but it's a long-term contract and yeah. it's it's a, it's a lot, you know, it's not guaranteed. Only the guaranteed money is guaranteed. We'll see where it goes. Uh, so I, I would expect him to be back. It's just it looks like it's going to go to franchise tag and then they're going to try to negotiate something from there. And for me, if I'm Dak Prescott, you know, again, uh, I, I'll say this, you know, hey, how, mu- I know you, how much money do you need? Mm. I, I don't know. I know you want to break the bank, but don't break it to the point to where, you know, the team doesn't want you anymore yeah. and it's dysfunctional and you're being franchised for one more year and you're going to roll the dice on maybe being injured. And right. it's a really good situation. They have talent around you. And, I, again, I don't want to be insensitive to Dak Prescott. I'm just – you know, I don't. You're not Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes yet either. Right. And I, you know my thought on that. I, I think the NFL has got to stop doing this a little bit. And I think that's where Dallas is saying it. I think he was trying to say that Jerry Jones when they lost to Seattle, when he was going, "Do you remember those comments, Pete? Or, or do you remember Ahmed when he was kind of going, you know, one of those quarterbacks that can run around and make plays by himself? Yeah. You know, he's not a top four or five quarterback. And that to me is a special guys, and those are the ones who should lead the market. He's that next group down, and it just seems like right now, everything you hear, he's trying to be the highest-paid quarterback in the sport, and Dallas doesn't want to budge on that. I think that argument might be tougher to make, though, in the next couple weeks here when you say, you know, how much money does one player need? I know. When we see how much money is going to be made by the NFL teams with this new TV contract. I know, I know. That's coming I, up. I, that, I hear that you. We hear it could be double what it currently is, which is already crazy. Well, you know, there's a lot of money. There's a lot to this Dallas in situation in general. Of course, it's a serious injury that he's coming back from, too. You know, where is that health going to be? I expect yeah. him to heal and be totally, you know, back. But he might not be totally 100% back in his movement and ability and things like that early on in the season next year. I don't think that's crazy to think. You know, and, and also he's got to realize, too, like, do you want to really take that risk again? Mm-hmm. of you play a pretty physical brand of football. You know, or you really want to play that franchise tag dance one more time? And, you know, of course, we, we don't want anything bad to happen. I'm really rooting for Dak. I'm very conflicted with that situation, as you can tell. I don't yeah. really know what to say there. I really don't. Let me do one more yeah. quarterback and then a couple on the new coaches and how that might change the, the franchises over in L.A. and Atlanta. But um, Sam Darnold. Uh, this is again from Adam Blackhall. Why has there been so much disrespect for Sam Darnold? Should the Jets really pick a quarterback at number two, or should they just focus on the rest of the roster? Um, so, yeah, where are we with Sam Darnold right here? I mean, where, I, what, what's the best path forward for the Jets? I'm still a believer in Sam Darnold. I, I am. I, I, I have seen enough to think you could make it go. I think the Jets are in a very pretty position here with this. this to me, I look at them and go, oh, they, they got a lot of options. You know, they could keep Sam Darnold and trade away the number two pick and come away with an extra first-round pick this year mm-hmm. and build it that way. You know, they could, um, they could end up, from all accounts and everything I know, I think there is a little bit of a love fair with Zach Wilson there with the New York Jets. Mm. They could go Zach Wilson, trade Sam Darnold away, 
and also acquire picks? Are there enough teams out there that still value what Sam Darnold can be? I, 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 I do. I think there is. I do. And, and to me, the, and the other, the, I'll go back to the 49ers. That's another team I look at where if you were trying to maybe not comfortable with Garoppolo or anything, you want to improve the position, like – I think Sam Darnold's an upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that might make hmm. waves, and people might go, oh, that's crazy. I, I, I think Sam Darnold's a better thrower, a better athlete, you know. Um, and, you know, the decision-making, too, I don't, I don't think is horrible. Again, some of the decision-making that we, people question with Sam Darnold, I'm going to go, well, yeah. I mean, when you're always losing, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to try to make a play to do something every now and then, and you're going to go, well, why did he make the decision? Well, because he's sick of losing. He's down by 10, and he had to make something happen. There's six minutes left in the game. Yeah. And that leads to bad things, too. But if I'm the New York Jets, I, I, my two cents would be stick with Sam Darnold. The offense they want to run is going to be similar to Shanahan. I think he's going to be fit perfectly within that. And then let Joe Douglas work his magic with the rest of the picks and go from there. Okay. Uh, new coaches in uh, L.A., and Atlanta, L.A. on the, the defensive side of the ball. Ooh. This one coming from yeah. M. Smudge, 1984. How much will the Rams' defense change with Raheem Morris at the helm? Will he add more wrinkles? So how has the Rams' defense looked to you? I mean, they were the best in the uh, NFL. Yeah, they're studs. So they're studs. Can't really improve upon that. You can't no. improve upon number one. So is he going to be able to do as many things as they have been doing? What's going to be different? Well, there's going to be like less of a a 3-4 element. Like Brandon Staley did have that little element to his. So you're not going to get that. Again, Raheem Morris, like I just talked about with Joe Barry, he was there in Tampa with me. So it's going to be more of a 4-3 scheme, I would Mm -hmm. believe. More of a... Seattle scheme, maybe okay. base type of approach. But this but is what happened with Dallas. I know. Remember this I know. Was with Mike Nolan. It's like, why do you go in with your scheme? Why, but, they, they have, but they have the personnel to be right under the 4-3 right away. Okay. But they you do. shouldn't mess up what was there, though. Right? No, well, I know, but Brandon Staley left, so they're, they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is where it's a little different than the normal Seattle scheme stuff. Raheem is a little bit more outside the box. What he did with Atlanta last year, hey, yeah, Seattle scheme was their base defense. But, man, you go back and watch what they did the last six or seven weeks, eight weeks of the year, and he started to put his stamp on that. I mean, they were unbelievable disguising, not a real talented defense, and they had some moments of really giving some teams issues because of his ability to disguise and do some different creative blitzes and things like that. So I don't think the dominance of that defense is going to change. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I think still think they're going to be awesome. And – from a base standpoint, I still think it's, it's not going to be exactly the same scheme as Brandon Staley, yeah. but I think from the basis of they're, they're going to go, we're going to play coverage and let our front four get to the quarterback. We're, they're they're going to be, let's make the quarterback pat the ball. Oh, Aaron Donald hit him. Let's yeah. make the quarterback pat the ball. Hopefully they can re-sign Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd hits him because he's a free agent this year too. But I, I, I'm a fan of Raheem Morris and what he'll do for that defense. Yeah, and, and there is something to be said, even if it was everyone coming back, same coaching staff, that you would need new wrinkles, right? You can't get complacent. You can't necessarily do the same things 
that you did the year before. No, no. That, that's on tape now, and maybe teams can adjust. So now it's going to make it harder for teams to know what the Rams Yeah, they're are not going to know exactly the approach. Yeah. It's going to be a few weeks into the year that they go, okay, wait, this is how they're playing sure. this year? Okay. And, and really, they've done a very good job as far as their personnel is going to fit Raheem's scheme. It's, a more about, it's not a size team. They're a speed team. Win this gap. Win it. You yeah. know, we're going to kind of keep it simple so we can play fast and react and just make tackles and do things like that. And then as they get that down, you'll start to see some of the creativity we saw in Atlanta that, hey, really screwed with Brady a few times, really screwed screwed with Patrick Mahomes when they barely beat Atlanta in, in Kansas City. You know, that's where it's going to be really cool. And he knows Sean McVay. They're yeah. going to work on how they see the vision. They were in Washington together with the Shanahans. So there's some familiarity there. And, of course, McVay with Tampa. Raheem was there, too. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be all over it. So Rams, a Super Bowl favorite, certainly one of the, one of the top teams out there. Yeah. Uh, in all the odds makers polls, the Falcons were in the Super Bowl one time, and yeah, they were. They had a twenty-eight to three lead. You remember that? I don't remember that. I never uh, heard that. Buddy Chai says, uh, "What do you think of Arthur Smith's offense and how Matt Ryan, Julio, and the Falcons' offense would fit into it? Could he be the best play caller Ryan has worked with since Kyle?" Was there so uh, Arthur Smith coming over from Tennessee? Yeah, right. You're very complimentary of what he did there yeah. with Tannehill uh-huh. and the running game. And, uh-huh. um, so what do you think he does for that offense in a- in Atlanta? First thing is yes, I think he is the best play caller since Shanahan. Okay. All right, so let's knock that off. Second thing is, and you just hit it. Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley, they'll fit really well. I'm not I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about them. What I'm more worried about is a fucking running attack. That's where his offense starts. He is a play-action play caller. That's what he wants to do. He wants to smash your face, and then he wants to dial up big-time throws down the football field. And not, only, not that it has to be bombs or anything like that, right. but just, you know, 15-yard uh, in-cut, you know, 20-yard out route. You know, post route with a guy running the 15-yard crossing route over the, t- you know, over the top of the linebackers. That's what he wants to do. And to me, that's where the Falcons have the most work. I mean, first off, their running backs are not that good. I'm sorry. I don't know what – Todd Gurley's okay. Todd Gurley's your number – you want him to be your number two. Yeah. I don't think you want him to be your number one. And then the offensive line in general, Alex Mack is a free agent, and they just weren't good at imposing their will in the run game on anybody last year. So that, to me, is where it has to start, and hopefully they'll be able to get that situated. But, yes, I'm a fan of Arthur Smith and what he does there, and I think Matt Ryan and Julio and Calvin Ridley certainly are going to make it work if they can get that running aspect. The one thing with Arthur Smith that just my only question is, and you heard me say this during the year, I I love the offense. The drop-back pass offense is the one part where – it could grow a little bit. Hmm. And maybe that's with him, with Matt Ryan, who's been around some good drop-back pass offense. Maybe they can grow it a little bit to do that, to kind of, like, buy them some time before they become a smash-mouth play-action football team. The Bills were a play-action football team. Pete was telling me to tease our uh, next Jenny's coming up Yeah, that nobody had more passing yards from play-action passes than Josh Allen. I know. Can you believe that? They didn't even have a running game. How does that even work? Yes. I mean, isn't that right? They did not have a running game. I know. And they, really, the majority of their play actions are him and shotgun and him doing this and then pulling out. Yeah. And, you know, he, he pulls the ball. And, of course, he doesn't need much of a window to throw into anything. I mean, sure. oh, there's four inches. I'll throw it through there. 77 miles per hour. Shoom. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's play action football is the way of the game right now. It is the way of the game. Other than 
Let me just look here. The Chiefs. But even Mahomes was up there in, in play action I would yards. bet he is too, right. I think he was number three. Is yeah. he number three? He was Rodgers two, Mahomes three. Am I right, Pete? Tannehill two. Tannehill two, which yeah. is, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well, Mahomes, they do that whole thing too out of the shotgun. They mm-hmm. ride the guys. And, then, you know, I used to write that all year. Like, Anything to why make are you people, pause. Why Anything are people to, yes. buying so hard on the run fake when they do it? But um, it is the way of the game right but now. But to get back to the Bills yeah, here, sorry. Derek Rudolph, right. what are the Bills' greatest needs heading into the offseason and the draft? So if the Bills are going to make that next step to try right. to compete in the AFC with the Chiefs, what do they have to do? Attitude of the run game has mm-hmm. to get back a little bit. You like Moss. I like I like Moss. Yeah. You're right. I don't know how they feel about him. So whatever that is, they got to figure that situation out. Whether you know, I know Moss was banged up, so they never really got to see what he truly was worth this year. Yeah. But they got to get a running game in general. Get back to that. You know, they got into, you know, early in the year the running game didn't work, and I think they kind of just said, okay, you know, Josh Allen's awesome. Let's just get in the shotgun and throw it, and we could still win games this way. And Cole Beasley is our running game. That little short pass. Yeah, to they him. could do yeah, all yeah. that stuff too. Exactly right. But I think like again, if they want to win the Super Bowl, I just think it's harder if you're going to be in the shotgun relying on Josh Allen all game long. It's just going to be it's going to be very hard. So just a little attitude there. Their offensive line is in a lot of ways is really, you know, I, I have no problems with it. You know, I do believe they have two free agents on there. I'm, I'm Feliciano and I think Daryl Williams are free agents on their offensive line. But okay, I'm really not worried about much on the offensive side of the ball is yeah. what I'm saying. It's all defense with Buffalo. I mean, this defense this year they were only, you know, respectable, I think, because of the coaching, because of Leslie Frazier and McDermott. Who's marquee on their defensive line? The answer is nobody, mm-hmm. okay? You know, so that is the first thing I would say. We've got to get some difference makers on the defensive line, especially pass rusher. And, you know, I look at guys like Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes, who are not free agents, but have pretty good cap hits and little dead money to where I'd go, they could be cap casualties here. I wouldn't be shocked. Where they're at in their career, the production didn't match the pay tag, and they can save a lot of money by releasing them. But D end and corner. That's all. I mean, defensive line and corner. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Defensive line and corner. They're hurt by Ed Oliver not being the number one top five pick that a lot of people projected him. No to doubt. Be. It's been very underwhelming. I mean, it's not disruptive. He's not real big to be able to handle double teams. You know, they signed Vernon Butler in the offseason. He didn't really come through. We talked about Mario Addison because McDermott had a little, you know, knowledge of the Vernon Butler and Mario Addison because they were in Carolina. He came from there, Mm -hmm. and they just didn't produce for him. So, to me, it's difference makers on the front. You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to resign Matt Milano at linebacker. Probably not. I mean, he might command a real pretty penny there. I'm not sure where that goes. But to me, it's just defensive line and corner. They got to get corners. They weren't able to match up with the good passing offenses in football this year. And it just can't always be on McDermott and Leslie Frazier, you know, coming up with a creative game plan to stop it. It just, that's not going to win every week. At some point, it's got to be a little bit like, hey, our guys can just play their guys and let's play football. And they don't have that in the back end. Safeties are awesome. Corners, Tredavious White's good corner. I think overrated, in my opinion. He is not a lockdown man-to-man corner. Sorry. Okay. All yeah. right. Jordan Poyer, you're high on him. Micah Hyde. Oh, ball. Although they let uh, DeAndre Hopkins catch that one. And that's a, I mean, how always dare a slight. That? That's always a slight in my <laughs> eyes on that defense. Um, okay. <laughs> Two general NFL questions. Then we're going to get to the next Jennies. Ooh, baby. The next Jennies. Uh, this one comes from. These are tough questions today, too. Like some of the quarterbacks. These are making things, you think. Well, the quarterback ones are like. Uh, <laughs> 
there's no answer to some of them. I don't know where to go with it right now. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry if yeah. I yeah. blabbered on a few no, of them. No, and Pete, Pete says that we ha- these have been so hard that we need the hygiene questions back. Those ones where we talk about what we do and deodorants and use of a bidet. Yes. Which, by the way, visiting some friends and family, the use of the bidet is spreading. I don't know if it's from me. Right. Actually, I do know it's from me. <laughs> I, I was talking about it, and my, my uh, brother-in-law was like, was like, yeah, we got it from you, and we will never go back. And I go, no one will ever go back. If you ever go to a bidet, you will never go back. Yeah. There's no reason to ever go I got to start using mine. Yes. I, I know. Yes, okay. use it yes. daily. Uh, that <laughs> Fantasy American Football Pod, who are your under-the-radar free agents that aren't being talked about? That's a big one. I just gave you another big one. But do you have any, like, off the top of your head, like two – or three big free agents that you think might be talked about? Yeah. Because um, I think the top free agents out there, I mean, obviously Dak, what happens with him, Chris Godwin, yeah. Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Trent Williams, right? Justin right, Simmons. yeah, you said all those, like yeah. A.J. Green's. Like, uh, you know, listen, we know those stars. Right. I'm not going to try to hit those names yeah. right now. I'm going to give you a few names you know, okay, okay that I think are on that list. Um, Curtis Samuel, okay, Carolina Panthers. That'd be one I'd tell you right now. Like, Weapon, weapon, you know, a lot like, you know, I'm not saying he's Tyree Kill, but along that line of, you know, speed sweeps can beat you deep. You know, you can throw him a screen and he can run for 60 yards. That'd be one guy right off the bat. Hey, Corey Davis, the Tennessee Titans, he's going to have make a team better. You know, don't forget about him. Rashard Higgins of the Cleveland Browns, really under the radar guy yeah. where I go, hey, he's not a superstar, but he's awesome number two or number three. Really All right. Leonard Floyd, we just talked about with the Rams, to me was one of the better defensive players in football this year. I put him on my all-pro team. He's a beast. He can play 4-3 defense and 3-4 outside linebacker. He's awesome in coverage. He's great in the run game. And he's a better pass rusher than he gets credit for. William Jackson of the Cincinnati Bengals, the corner, one of the better corners in football to me. I would think he is going to command a pretty big price tag this year for, for my money, for what I see. I think he's one of the better corners in all of football when it comes to pure man-to-man locking people down. Um, let me, Kyle Juszczyk for the 49ers. You know, that guy's, again, when we talk about run, play, action, fullback, tight end, can do all these type of things. That, they're dangerous right now in the Seems NFL. Seems like a, are more teams using that, utilizing that kind of a player now? I, I, I think so. You know, it I, seems I, like if it wasn't Kyle and if it wasn't – you know, Green Bay, it was like, where does the fullback fit I in know, but as slowly it's starting to see it kind of come through the NFL here now because they're starting to go, wait, we can use this guy in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, linebackers can't cover him. And yet you got to still put big people on the field because he can run through the hole and help, a, you know, lead a, a tailback and right. smash your linebackers. So that's where it gets uh, interesting with him. Um, Keanu Neal. Of the Atlanta Falcons, another one I'll throw out there. When he is healthy, to me, is one of the more impressive physical specimens of safety in all of football. But he's been hurt, you know, probably two out of his four or five years there in Atlanta. That's an issue. I'll throw my man Alan Lazard out there. He's going to help a team mm, out at wide receiver. Okay. Yeah, not to be – he is your perfect number three. Like, to me, he is a, hey, we got a pretty good one and two. Man, if we could just add one more guy – you know, he run blocks, he catches the ball over the middle, he can kind of be a 50-50 guy. I like his game from that aspect. All right, so those are ones that jump out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are the ones that, that more than anything. Matt Milano is another one we talked about that right. I think is tremendous player when healthy. We'll get to see where some of these players are going here in a couple of weeks, mid-March. There's um, one more thing I want, because uh-oh. I know this question, Pete texted me this one question, yeah. and I don't know who asked it. 
about league-wide. Yeah. Yep. So uh, 70 kilos. 70 kilos. Whoa, that's a lot. Is that what he can lift, or is that what he is? Is he uh, he's bringing in white powder? Is he 70 smuggling? kilos? Is he smuggling? Whoa. We might have Easy, to alert, Donnie alert the authorities here. <laughs> Pete says, no, that was just a joke. We don't want to implicate anyone here. I know. Here. We're just having fun. Uh, Chris, league-wide trends. Yeah. What did you see? Uh, grow in offensive and defensive schemes this season. So league, this will be the last AMA yeah. question okay. here. What, yeah, what were the trends? What, what trends grew this past year and you think will continue to grow into 2021? I like this question, and I think the, 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 the thing I – we kind of hit on it a little bit, and I didn't want to die because I was about to dive into it a little when you asked me some other questions. But I, the, I think the size game is coming back in the NFL. The size game. Defensive front. Even offense. Offensive line. Off, yes, because we just talked about the play action and what it's mm-hmm. doing. And it's like you don't even have to be good at it. And you can still throw unbelievable passes off a play action pass. You don't even have to be a good running team. So but, it used to be it was trending in that we want, you know, we don't necessarily need the 300-pound guy. We want a guy who can move. Yeah, and- the NFL offense is especially really the last, like, 10 to 12 years. It started really the, the Patriots and the Colts started to, to change the league. In 2004 or five, with the rules and hey, let's let's get receivers and the way the rules are for the pass game and everything like that, and let's start. We'll throw it fast and quick and get it out of our hands mm-hmm. and bubble screens and pick plays and do all of that. And there was no answer to stop you know Brady and Manning and some of those guys for a number of years. Then the Seattle scheme came along. Seattle scheme came along. There was eight people at the line of scrimmage, and they were like, you know, fuck your bubble screens and your wide receiver screens. We yeah. got people down here, and our linebackers all run 4-4. So fuck those plays, okay? And that started to change it. And then everybody started to go, hey, we need to find linebackers who are kind of like old safeties, but linebackers now and do that. And I think the league now is changing to, oh, you're really fast? Well, they don't take on lead fullbacks, and they don't know how to take on full pulling guards anymore. So I think you're getting into that. And you're seeing New England and the Saints and, you know, of course the 49ers with what they did, uh, the Tennessee Titans, hey, the Cleveland Browns, you know, you, the Indianapolis Colts that we've talked about. You really, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl team, that's what they did. Right. Hey, fuck you, we're bigger, we're going to run it down your throat. Oh, you're stopping it? Oh, play action. Shoom, Brady throws a 40-yard pass by you, right? Sorry, I'm spitting. Yeah. Um, but to me, that's where the Rams, same thing. They're that, they're that way too. So I think the game is going that way. And where I mm. think, you know, defenses are going to have to change a little bit, I think you're going to start seeing more big people up front, almost like the way the Saints defense plays, where they're going to go, we got big four, and now we can dep- they can stop the run, and we can find ways to stop the pass and the play-action pass behind it. So to me, that is one trend that I look at. And the other thing I'd just say, that, uh, the defensive year, and we talk about this a lot, I think like teams just senselessly blitzing has finally stopped. I think they finally realized, like, blitzing just to blitzing. We're going to pressure the quarterback, right? We're going to pressure the quarterback. Yeah. The mobility of some of the quarterbacks has made that. It's, it's over. Difficult. Exactly right. And they're just – these quarterbacks are coming to the league, and they've just played too much now to they were like, you know, boo 45, boo 45, said, hot, hot, hot. Oh, it's a dummy snap count. Oh, they saw the – they saw yeah. it. We showed our blitz. We showed our blitz. Now they get them in the right play, and they bring the blitz, and you get gashed. That is done, I think. I, I saw a lot of teams this year where when they blitzed, it was still a four-man pressure. It was just two dropped and two came. It was more about confusion and deception rather than beating you with sheer numbers on the blitz. 
And I think that is one thing I saw on the defensive side of the ball uh, as far as changing that way too. I love it. And the mobile quarterbacks and the offense, I mean, it just did. It, it's a different – it evolves. Different, yeah, and that's it what evolves. makes the NFL cool. cool. That's what makes it cool. It I is. do really like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of people talk about baseball. It's like it's the same game and it should always be the same game. It's like, no, it should evolve. And yeah. it should be a little different. And in five years, if you don't like the game, it'll change a little bit. Maybe you'll like it in well, five years. <laughs> well, and to your baseball point, when we were growing up, the Tony Gwynns of the world, the Wade Boggs of the world, yeah. singles and doubles. Don't strike out. Right. Nobody fucking does that anymore. It's homers and strikeouts. And that would be the other thing I would say the league has changed to, too. It's homers and strikeouts. Yeah. It's, it's big, play. big plays. It's turnovers. You know, I hear people a lot of times go, oh, the tackling's not as good. I don't think the teams fucking care about the tackling as much sure. anymore. They're more like, hey, hold them up. Let's punch the ball out. Let's get the ball back. That's the type of play that changes the game. Yeah. If not- you miss the tackle and he gets five more yards, big deal. We have a 25% better chance of getting a fumble. Right There's there. definitely more yeah. of an approach that way. Sure. Not to say, listen, we know we want we to tackle in those things. But th- th- that's what I'm just saying. There's more of that emphasis on the game now than ever. All right. That'll wrap up the AMA. Uh, that was a good one. That was it a good really one. made you think. It Hard. did. The it homies did. have done well again. We've got a lot more that we can get to as Woo! the offseason goes on. We'll have plenty of time for that. Yep. Uh, but now it is time Ooh. for the next Jennies. The next Jennies, first annual next Jenny. You could have gone through there. What's it's up, no man? big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah just go through. This is part of the podcast here. You're all right. You can no, come by. You're good. you're good. This is why we do it here. We're like an hour in at this point. So He's been um, doing heavy-duty work here for I a know. while. Right. I know. Right. And you yeah. got you can't go by him because it's caution. He's got yellow on. That's why he didn't want to walk by. <laughs> you know, he's like, that's the reason I didn't want to walk by is because I didn't want them to talk about me for that long. And he just made me do it anyway. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, the next Jennies here. So this is, I went to Next Gen Stats and g- compiled some there. I also went to Pro Football Reference. Oh, I love they this. they got some advanced stats there I'm as well. I'm excited for this. So <laughs> let's get to a few of them. And they're, and they're key stats that we like on this podcast, yes. like throwing the ball down the field, like fast runners. I love so it. Let's start there. <laughs> Fastest ball carrier. Raheem Mozart. How did you know that Because so I just know shit. I just know shit. 80-yard touchdown run week two. Yeah. It was the only time a ball carrier 
went over 23 miles per hour, and he did on the 80-yard run. Number two. The Jets who, game? Was that the Jets game? Whatever week two yeah. was. You know my memory is not good like that. <laughs> uh, week two. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, number runner, it was the Jets game. Yes. First says. play of the game. Shanahan's um, special run play. It was really cool. The number two fastest guy in the NFL? Raheem Mostert again. His 76-yard touchdown reception week one. Oh, yeah, it's the one right up the middle. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Right, so, well, that, well, that makes sense. Yeah, he's... <clears throat> he's fast. Extremely. Well, my, my buddy Kyle has, has told me he thinks he's the fastest guy in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would pay money to see him race Tyreek Hill. To me, that would be the race. If you mm. said who the two fastest guys in football, it's one of those two, I, I think. And that would be fun to watch. Tyreek never really got to get out this year and hit full speed on, like, one of those slants and then go. Yeah. You know, even when he ran down the interception that Mahomes threw at one point, he had to, like, jump over somebody and then restart again. And I know he got up to, like, 21, 22 miles per hour, but I would pay money to see that race. So Tyreek was the fifth fastest. Right. You know, it doesn't – it's not – you know, it's like you got to have the ball. I'm sure there were some times when he's running down the field on a pattern that right. he's running 23 miles an hour. He was five. The fastest rookie – ball carrier this year was one spot ahead of Tyreek. He was number four. Do you have any idea the fastest rookie ball carrier and was this he a, year? Was he a running back? Or he was a running he back. He was a running back. He was a running back. Well, my thought wants to go – hold on a second here. Let me just make sure I'm not missing anybody. I, I, my thought wants to go to Jonathan Taylor. And that thought would be correct. Okay, good. 29-yard rush in week 17, which is impressive mm-hmm. that it wasn't a long one. Shows you really explosive he is. Very explosive. Right. He really turned it on at the end of the year. He really did. I think he's he just needed to get a little comfortable in the NFL level and figure out how he's got to play and run and that style. And, yeah, he's, he's a stud. He's a star. The uh, next Jenny for the most improbable reception. So this is, they, they take a look at where you are on the sideline, where the defender is. Right. And like th- this is, so this pass had only a 6% chance of being caught. 6.2. DK Metcalf in the back left corner of the Seattle Seahawks. It was not that. Damn. It was week nine. Right. It was a team that lost to the New England Patriots. It looked like they were going to get their first win of the year, but it didn't happen. And it was a quarterback by the name of Joe Flacco to Jamison Crowder, 20-yard touchdown in Week 9. Do you remember that play? I can't say that I do right off the top of my head. And I'm pretty good at remembering If you don't remember it, no one remembers it. (laughs) Because I really thought it was going to be – I thought there was a play where Russell ran to his left and Mm. threw a ball to DK Metcalf in the back left corner. I thought that was going to be the one you were going to tell me about. Um, But either way, whatever. I can't remember that play with James Crowder. What else? Any other ones? So, so, no, I don't know. Oh, it was a Monday night football game. Okay. Remember, and I had predicted a Jets win there. Remember that? You did. It was very close. At the end of the podcast. Very close. Right Um, before halftime. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Intended air yards per pass attempt. We like this one because we like to stretch the field. Stretch the field. Yes. Throw the ball down the field. Tax the defense. Who ended up number one, the quarterback that ended up number one in air yards intended per pass attempt? Air yards intended. So it wasn't necessarily completed, yeah. but they're going down the field every lot. all the time. All the time. Okay. All right. I'm just I'm just pulling up teams here, just okay, so you know. You know me. Um, you know, my my first thought really goes to Ryan Tannehill. Um, he was not in the top five. He this wasn't. Year, apparently. Okay. Yeah. I think last year he was like number one or number two. This is a so, tough one here. Let me, let me just give another second here. Intended air yards. Who else am I missing here? That 
I want to think er Justin Herbert would be up there too. No. No? So okay. This is, comes from a team that was no risk it, no biscuit. Oh, I, your damn guy, it. Tom Brady. Shit. I knew, I, you know, I heard that at the end of the year. 9.1 air yards intended per pass attempt. Yeah. They went down the field. They did. Deshaun I mean, Watson was number two. Brady is, yeah. I mean, you really think about it. It was no dink and dunk this year. Mm -mm. None of that. You know, it was awesome. It was play action. And you're right. Every throw was aggressive all year long. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I'm mad. I should have got that one. Shit. Uh, shit, shit, shit. The lowest was Alex Smith. 5.1. Tom Brady was 9.1. Shocker. Uh, okay, the uh, longest completed pass by air yards this year. So longest completed pass by air yards. Gosh, I know I know this too. 64 yards through the air on a completion for this quarterback. Whew. Damn it. Damn it, damn it. All right, so I remember Baker had the th longest throw of the year on that Hail Mary at the end of the first half, I think, against the Ravens game. But the longest, I know I know this, too. This is going to drive me crazy. Ooh. And I know it's somebody that's not like who no. you would think it is, right? Mm, no, it I is? I think you would think it's him, yes. Is it Josh Allen? It was Russell Wilson. It is Russell. To DK Metcalf. 64 yards in the air. Which, what, which game was it? I don't it? know. You I don't know? Don't ask me those questions. Okay. You're making it. Damn, we'll I know. find the video of it. No, I know. I'm trying to think. Of In what the new game deal that we're negotiating, we're going to get highlights so that this problem never happens again. <laughs> we just need to talk to the Please. people in charge. I would like that to get highlights right. So he at 64, uh, uh, Watson, Deshaun Watson, just below him at 63, Oof. and then also at 63, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I can believe that too. Justin Herbert, I believe that was like maybe the Tampa game when he threw a deep post like that. For 63 yards. The lowest for a quarterback who played a significant a number of snaps, 43 yards, longest air yards for Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh. He was the lowest. Yeah. So the, the longest pass he completed through the air was 43 it's yards. His biggest negative as a quarterback. The deep ball. Is the deep ball. And there's no doubt. He does not stretch the field at all. He's not a very good deep ball thrower in general. Um, man. Okay. This one is going to be uh, – this I'm one. mad. I just, I'm not good at this. That's all right. That's all right. It's not, I'm not a historian. Some of them are counterintuitive. It's some not of a historian of questions. But. Uh, okay, running back, yards after contact. Who was the leader? Who, who won the next Jenny for yards after contact this year? Okay, yards after contact. Hmm. I, I want to go Dalvin Cook. Mm. Number two was Delvin Cook. Damn. Number one, Derrick Henry. It is Derrick Henry. So, and here's I didn't the, want to say the obvious one. Here's the crazy thing. Yeah. He had 1,073 yards after contact Holy this year. He crap. was a 1,000-yard rusher after getting hit. If you just started his stats then, he ran for over 1,000 yards. If he gets a chance to get going, it just, yeah, unless you're totally square on him, you're, just, you're not going to tackle him. So he had over 1,000 yards after contact. He had 954 yards before contact. He had more yards after contact than before contact. What was Dalvin's breakdown? Do you So Dalvin, yeah. hit total, yeah. yards after contact were 756. So it was a significant so difference significant there. difference. Holy crap. We're talking like 300 yards. That just tells yards. you the value of that guy right there. Uh, number three, James Robinson. That Ooh. rookie undrafted for uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. So that was pretty good for him. That is amazing. I mean, he, Aaron, was, he was very impressive. Aaron Jones and then David Montgomery. Okay. All right, a couple more here. I always, those ones I always am like, you know, there's different 
I know, because you might just get barely touched, <laughs> right? And then you run a 98-yard exactly, touchdown, right? Like, right, exactly. I, I want to say like. With like you know Dalvin Cook, there was more of like like oh, I bounced off you and ran. Yes. Where maybe some of the other guys, yeah, it was a little bit like, hey, my arm was out there. Arm but tackle you still got it. Right. Runs another sixty yards right. through an arm tackle. Does that really count? I love yeah. this. This is fun. Uh, okay, best back to quarterbacks. Yeah. The best on-target throwing percentage. So uh, Pro Football Reference hires this company that looks at okay, was that on target? Was that on target? So it's a little subjective, um, but hopefully throughout the entirety of a year, it kind of evens out. So which quarterback do you think had the best on-target percentage this year? It would be hard for me, and it's not my final answer yet, but it would be hard for me not to think it's Rodgers with the way he threw the football this year. And it could have been. He's number two, but only by 0.1%. So he's right up there. Okay. Now, hmm. After that, that's where I'm just not sure who is the who am I missing that would jump out to that. And I'm glad this quarterback is getting some love here as number one. Is it Derek Carr? It's not Derek Carr. It is kind of in the Derek Carr mold. Kirk Cousins. Oh, good one. Number good for one. Kirk. Yeah. Kirk Cousins number Kirk, one. Kirk was also one of the guys when you said intended air yards. Right at first, I thought of sure. him because it seems like they throw the ball deep all the time too. Yep. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is uh, an undervalued quarterback. There's no question. They also have bad throw percentage. So which quarterback do you think had the highest percentage of bad throws? Mm. 22% of his throws were considered bad. Carson Wentz has got to be up there. Carson Wentz is third at 21%. Yep. So he's up there. Who else am I missing here? Um, Cam was fifth at 19%. I can believe that. What about Drew Locke? Drew Locke, number one. He is. 22.9%. Yeah, well Thank done. You. Thank you. He very did much. guess Sam Darnold. Nope, he's not even in the top five. Drew Locke, number one. That's yeah. a, are you off the Drew Locke? <laughs> I'm not, but adjustments have to be made. You know, I would say some of his is like, it's not even necessarily the fact that he can't hit the target he wants. I think to me it's a little bit like the Josh Allen thing. It's a little where it's like the decision mm-hmm. itself is the start of the, in, the, the off-target throw. It's like I'm gonna th- he's getting ready to throw it in there, and it's like, no, get off of it. He's not open. And he, as he's throwing, he realizes, well, he's not really that open. Right. And he has to put it in like an ultra-safe place. And that leads to an off-target throw. And that, the, so, like, he has the ability to be it. It's more of the decision and the, yeah. just a little less aggressive. You know, that to me was my big complaint about him. There's too many plays where I looked at and went, why are you trying to force that in there? The guy underneath is open for eight yards. Just throw it to him. Right. Uh, there was too many of that this year with the Drew Lock. It's like when you're shooting a basket and you go up and it's like, oh, I'm going to use the backboard. Oh, I'm not. And then you get caught in the middle. Well, and then you, it's just it like, is wow, a little bit. You're terrible. right. No, it's a great way to say it. Or, you, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you have that predetermined thought of I'm going to shoot it here. Yeah. And all of a sudden you get double teamed as you're going up and you sure. just go, oh, I'm going to get it up there anyways. And it's like, oh, I missed the rim. It, right. it was a clanker off the backboard. All right, last one. And this one is more of a basic one, but I think it's important. Most first downs receiving. Who moved the chains the most as a receiver this year wow. in the NFL? Mm. I think that's an important one. It is a good one. Who was moving the chains? Pete has made a guess, and I will let you know that Pete's guess was correct. Ooh, was it really? So, yes. What an asshole he is. Mm. Uh, okay. So, like, I mean, I, I do want to think, and this is not my answer yet. Okay. I do want to think Diggs. 
Okay. I also want to thank Justin Jefferson. Okay. And I guess I would want to thank Devontae Adams as much as he was used as well. So which one am I going to go? I'm going to go Stephon Most Diggs. Most receiving first downs. I'm going to go Diggs. Was not a wide receiver at all. It was Travis Kelsey. Ugh. 79. That's Pete unreal. got that. Way and to now go. we call it Pete's unbuttoned. Unbuttoned. Wow. Kelsey was one with 79 first downs. Hopkins, two. Stephon Diggs, three. Okay. Adams, four. Right. And then Darren Waller, five. Darren Waller, yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not thinking tight end a little bit. I know. I, I should have made that it's clear. All right. I wasn't you don't need wide to. receiver. I don't care. That doesn't matter. It, but, but, you know, yeah, you just you think about the way Kansas City plays. How many third and six did he get? He's looking deep for Hill. And then, mm-hmm. oh, there's, you know, Kelsey, eight yards over the middle, first yeah. down. Like, yeah, that's, that's how they played. All right, that was, that was fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a few more I like of those. That. As the, uh, I like that. Because some of them are what you'd think, but some of them are counterintuitive. All right, that's good. Our first off-season non-Super Bowl recap yeah. pod is in the books. We're back. We're going to start hitting free agency. We're yep. going to start hitting drafts. Oh, oh, and we have, Pete is reminding me, you tweeted out during the show. Yeah. Uh, which Multi-talented. T- who would you rather have? Ooh, there it Jaylen is. You Hurts said it. Tua, barely. You said 51. it. 51.5%. Vote for Jalen Hurts, but that is as 50-50 as you can get pretty yeah, much on, it's, on Twitter. Yeah, it's close. There's, there's a, you know, Tua, of course, if you want to build around him, it's going to have to be a traditional offense that way. Jalen Hurts, I think you got to think about, you know, not that it has to be Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, but I do think mm-hmm. you have to start thinking that if you want to go with him, you got to formulate your offense off the strength of your player. And one of the best things he brings to the table is he's a special runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, re- he is. He's a special runner. Um, so, I, I hear what they're saying there, you know. And again, we we got questions about both. Yeah. Uh, I'll be interested to see what both of those teams do at that position this off season. All right, I'm excited, Chris. We're yeah. going into our third year woo, woo, with this woo. podcast. Two years in the books. This yeah. is going to be our our best year ever. I've said that multiple times. Yes. And that is to say that the two years that we've had were bad. So now we're going to be <laughs> going to go and advance <laughs> it, and we're going to be that much better here in year three. I'm I'm pumped about. Hopefully, it. you the man. Thanks for driving Me the too. ship as always. Yeah. Always enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday. That's what we do. I don't know what we're going to hit on quite yet, but we'll have a game plan to make it interesting, have fun, and I don't know. We'll start breaking down free agency. Keep sending in questions, too. Listen, I'm going to continue to wrap my head around this quarterback stuff, all of that. Uh, I am starting to watch free agent players, and like I said, I'm going to start watching uh, a ton of draft stuff this week to get going on that. Everybody be good out there. Stay safe. Stay warm. It's snowing in the Northeast again. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Shocker. Wow. Uh, It is. I mean, it's like we get four inches every other day. I've never seen anything like it. Thank God I have my high top dock sider. Oh, good thing you got those today. Way to go. All right. You the man. And he's got red on. Here we go. (laughs) Peace out. You the man. We'll see you Wednesday. Okay. No, not me. Clap it up. Okay. Oh, yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.